love lashes and have a passion to see our industry grow and thrive. In our podcast, we'll discuss ideas, explore trends, share secrets, debunk myths, and encourage one another. I'm your host, Paul Lubers, and I'm the general manager at Integrity Lash in Pasadena, California. Welcome to LashCast. We have a great show for you today. As always, I'm surrounded by the tripartite crew of Christina Segura, Erica Ross, and Tusney Lubers. Hey, how are you all doing today? Excellent. Just dandy. Wonderful. Awesome. Hey, but I want to let you guys all know that we actually had our first feedback online. Very excited to share a little bit from the person who Instagram got in touch with us. Her name is love underscore Nilu. So if you're on Instagram, you want to follow someone who's really cool. We love Nilu because she's the first person to basically get back to us and talk to us. And she actually was very excited. She was binge listening to our show while going to the airport and was in India. Actually, we track where our listeners are. And right now we actually have people in India listening to us. So we're very excited to see love underscore Nilu. So very, very cool there. By the way, what she asked, she gave us some feedback on not just the fact that she listens to our podcast, but but she also... (laughs) All right. Erica's on social media right now, and her her phone just went off. I was posting you. Really? Awesome. Awesome. Live right now. Here we are. But anyhow, so she shared some feedback or asked some questions, like things we can talk about. One of them we're actually going to talk about today, but she basically went on to say uh, she would love to see us talking more about wedding lashes, team building, pay structure, dealing with allergies, both client and employees. And then she says she shouts some more as she listens to us more. So thank you, love underscore Nilu. We love uh, your name. Uh, no, I love Nilu. Yeah. It's so cute, isn't Very it? Very cool, Nilu. yeah. Anyhow, aside from that, anything you guys want to start talking about before we get into our first topic? Oh, yeah. I was thinking we had a really good meeting. What's, uh, what's a meeting? Like our meeting with us yeah. four? No, no, no. <laughs> every, every, the first Wednesday of every month, we do a team meeting. And they've kind of morphed over the years, and it's actually become really fun. I love them. <laughs> Versus um, lame and Well, boring. we plan fun things for the staff this time because Easter is April 1st. April 1st. This will be probably played right after Easter this episode. Right, right. So the theme of ours was like Easter eggs and, you know, bunnies and and a little bit of chocolate. So we did an Easter egg hunt and it felt really fun because we got all those plastic eggs again and we went to the bank and got those Susan B. Anthony coins. But, you know, they've changed. I mean, they they, they do have the Susan B. Anthony, but now they have a dollar coin with all the presidents on it. I was yep. like, how did this happen? I didn't even know about it. So anyway, we put those dollar <laughs> coins in the eggs, which is kind of fun. And then we also put uh, dollar bills in there. And we, we some of them did get some candy. Yeah. Um, and that was sure. kind of fun. Everyone got a little Easter basket. I felt like a little kitty in. It was, was it a fun <laughs> little felt Easter basket with the grass at the bottom of it? And Christina hit someone. We're still finding eggs in our room. Oh, yes. I hit my roommate in the head with, with, <laughs> with an egg by accident. I flung it at her and it just sucked <laughs> right in the head. <laughs> she got to keep the dollar in that one. Yeah. Yeah, so we even had game. the $20 a golden egg and then we had the booby prize egg. Yeah, the booby prize. I don't Somebody think we thought enforced. it was boobs, though. <laughs> the booby I think it was egg. Mimi, I think, or something like that. <laughs> the booby prize, yes. Well, the booby prize this year was you have to 
take out the garbage for five days. I feel kind of bad about that. You know, I didn't even look for the golden eggs because of the chance that I'd either get $20 or to take out the trash. $20 wasn't worth the risk. I was like, no, I don't care about that $20. You know what's sad though is it's the new girl who got it. Poor Tiffany. I know our newest staff member has only been with us like a month. Is going to have to take out the garbage this week, all week and long. And for Love Week, she, her person was on vacation, so she didn't even get presents. Like, <laughs> Do we want to talk about what Love Week was? Yeah. let's. Uh, uh, Christina, it was your thing. So. Uh, so we went to a conference for, what was it? Uh, uh, oh, it was Serious Business. Yeah, two years ago. Serious Business a couple years ago. And Mind Valley Academy, I think it's called Vision, Mind Valley yeah. uh, Academy, if you guys are interested in learning more and, and uplifting yourselves. He's got this great company, and he inspired us so much that they do this thing called Love Week around the week of Valentine's Day. And so you're a human, obviously, but you're also a secret (laughs) angel to somebody else. So you are basically Secret Santa, but for love, uh, for Valentine's Day. And Should we secret Cupid? Secret Cupid, yeah. yeah. That's cute, actually. Well, yeah. So there, we oh. were angels to humans, and poor Tiffany, her secret angel was on vacation. Yeah, she went to oh, Thailand, so. We forgot about it's that. Like a yeah. low, it's a low-grade punking, you know? Yeah, it's, it's like, like, it's like hazing. It was like her second week with us. And then, yeah, she's got the booby trap, and I she's know. got to take the trash out, and this is poor thing. Yeah, we're just abusing Tiffany. We love you, Tiffany. We're eggs, sorry. The cup ceremony, too. But Somebody tried to trade her for trash, and she wouldn't. So I was like, good girl, too. All right. <laughs> Keep it up. <laughs> it was our test all But the Love Week was a cool idea, and that was something we want to do every week. And we hashtagged every it. What year. was Every year, I mean every week. Every um, year. Vision's hashtag is hashtag spread love week. Okay. Um, so it's just being part of that. And it's like a movement where they're trying to get a lot of people to do it. So their whole company does it for the week. And then we did it just three days or four days. Four days, Because yeah. our staff is only on. Overlapping for four and days. so yeah. it was fun. It was fun coming to work and preparing little goodies for mm-hmm. your person and it was also really fun to get little goodies and, and kind of fun to figure out who was try to guess who your who was, angel yeah. was i know for me it was fun because i had mimi and everyone knows in our salon that mimi loves food so i just got her food i just got her cool and i, I found a towel helped me when i was at the chinese market actually it was a korean market we now yeah. learned I was there to find, I FaceTimed her and walked down the food aisle, FaceTiming to find the food that Mimi likes. <laughs> oh, that's cute. And she likes little was, rice crackers. Yeah, so she was going, not that one, go over, oh, that one. And so chocolate macadamia nuts. Yeah, it was yeah. so funny because I'm sure people were walking by going, what, what? What's this white guy doing here? <laughs> Trying to FaceTime someone to find the right food for Mimi. So, anyhow, I, I love the idea, and it's hopefully something that will just become a tradition in our salon. And I think other salons should really look at it. So I think if they probably just look up hashtag spread love, spread love week, you'll see examples of what people mm-hmm. are doing. It's something that's not just the salons. It's actually just for any business or company. And it doesn't have to be purchased items. Oh, it yeah. was a lot of the girls, like when Tessany's angel made her a picture of mushrooms because Tessany loves mushrooms. Yeah. And so it's just like nice thoughts or... Um, really sweet thing. Yeah. She she made... Um, Ash was my little angel and she, she little made little drawings that I... That I loved. You know, it's so sweet to be thinking about somebody else and like be focused on what it is that would delight their heart, you know? Yeah. And I think that's another idea he vision said is having a board where everyone kind of puts their dreams and ambitions and their hopes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. A chance just to see their goals. What, their goals and stuff. And that's where you, as Love Week, you could go and look for ideas that could even inspire, encourage or make happen if it doesn't probably cost a lot of money, but just little things like that. So you, you really can personalize the touch. So mm-hmm. it has actually real meaning. I, you know, that was a cool idea and something that 
highly encourage other salons to do and, and go after is a fun way to encourage each other. You know, it's kind of like... making all sorts of noises today. Well, you, know, you know what I was thinking? It reminded me of, like, in junior high, I don't know if you guys had this, but, like, we had uh, balloon grams or something like mm-hmm. that. And, like, you could pay, like, 50 cents or a dollar to have a message sent to your friend. And, the, you know, like... Uh, for Valentine's Day or St. Patrick's Day or something like that. And, you know, it would be like Friday at the end of the day and some teenager would walk into the classroom with a bouquet of balloons and you'd all get excited because you're like, oh, did somebody get one for me? And, you know. And and then when you didn't, someone would get five and you wouldn't get any ever. Right. We had candy grams. Yeah, candy grams. That's what they were, candy grams, right? Mm -hmm. So I guess it kind of like taps in like, okay, we also did this for Valentine's Day. Like Juju gave everybody like Valentine's, like Star Wars Valentine's. Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, she was. And then she put like little goodies in the in the the envelope. She put like a glow stick thing. Uh, Loren had just started, and she gave everybody. No, it was Christmas. I'm sorry. She gave everybody a shot. And oh a, yeah, a little shot of coffee. No, as that well. was Bailey because she gave oh, us Bailey's. Bailey's. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Bailey's, sorry, you're yes. right. It was Bailey's and a little Starbucks double shot. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. It was it's cute. just like those little things. Basically, like we're saying kid. we just like presents. <laughs> 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 Give us presents. <laughs> you want to know the way to our heart? Just yes. make us presents. Send us Actually, presents. I think yeah. that's the way to anybody's heart. Like we always get questions of how do we boost morale and yeah. how do we get our staff to be more engaged. We so do them. stuff like this. Like it yeah, makes it so much them. more exciting. Mm-hmm. It does make it more yeah. fun. You know, I think that's the thing yeah. is like we have a team and we like to work with each other and we celebrate those good things. You know, mm-hmm. it feels good to get prizes. And so. we're going to give a shout out again, the vision for another idea since we're on this topic. Another thing that we do, we have a secret society that's in charge of mm-hmm. creating engagement and fun in the salon. Um, we don't call them anything more than the secret society. But their job is just to once in a while disrupt the workplace. Actually, it's we're actually way overdue at this point because yeah, I think our last time was Love Week. But we <laughs> Secret do, Society yeah. bought everybody coffee, I think, was the last time. So it was right yeah. around Christmas it might have been. Well, I, th- I kind of the Love Week was sort of right. in line with Secret Society. Right. But the idea is this group, no one who knows who's on the committee. And the committee basically, once we try to twice a month, we'll do something that will disrupt the workplace. Because, you know, working every day, doing the same thing in every day, in and out, kind of what we call chopping the wood, carrying the water. But basically doing that every day can get mundane. So you need little things, little fun things, which is why I think the gifts is such a cool idea when people come up with gifts, come up with ways to make the place fun. I know uh, Love did something. What was what that Love did? That was really cool. Love is one of our gals that works there. That's her name. Yeah, it's her name. But Love did something that was really fun for the team, but she kind of disrupted with her own little idea. Oh, she did the the time capsules. Mm -hmm. The time capsule, yeah. During the holiday, she came up with this idea of us all. Actually, it was New Year's, but coming up with something, a little sheet she came up with and asked questions, and people just answered those questions, things from what you hope for and so forth, what you want to see happen the next year. She had these little boxes, and everyone decorated them, put the piece of paper in the box, and we put it. I think it's up on our shelf somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And next year, or in January, we'll open it up and we'll see you know, what, what we happened. wrote and see how many of us achieve goals and dreams and all that type of stuff. So that was a self created by one of our team members, which was super cool. And that's the type of stuff that I think really what the Secret Society is also trying to do. It's just mm-hmm. trying to come up with fun ways to disrupt 
And it's even better when not just the secret society does it, but the team. You know, mm -hmm. that's why I was, we were so excited for Love to do that. So just so people know, if you're interested in finding out more things, it's called mindvalley.com. And the tagline is Live Extraordinary. So Mindvalley is creating a global school that delivers transformational education for all ages. Thanks, Chris. That's really cool. Yeah, we, we're huge fans. Three years we've been going to serious business. Easily... Vision was the best speaker. I like his. Do you want accent. to talk a little bit his about accent? Yeah, a serious business. Yeah, we, we why don't we it. jump over to that and then we'll get into our first topic. But Vision, real quick, I highly recommend you follow him. You know, he has social media, but at least go to his website and check Do you him want out. To spell that? V I S H E N. Awesome, Christine. On top <laughs> of it, there. But yeah, it was really helpful, and he. I actually was most. I really when he was the one that wrapped up the whole conference. But I was like, eh, this guy, when I read his bio, it sounded like it was going to be this some feel-goodism. Like, he's just going to make you all feel happy. And I was like, okay, I don't get really motivated by people who just say a lot of fluff. I want, like, really practical things that I can go out and do when meat I'm done here in a speaker. Meat and potatoes. And he gave us more meat and potatoes than I've ever gotten from any speaker. In fact, I easily, I like to do is I'll take notes, and then I'll go back and highlight in my notes the things that are like, oh, we got to do this, or I got to think about this, or follow up on this. I probably had 30 or 40 highlights yeah. in my notes from him. And we've only taken maybe two or three of his ideas and implemented them. Actually, about four or five now I think about. But there were easily 30 or 40. I, I could have overwhelmed our team. I could have come back and said, we're doing 30 things differently now because of this guy. Yeah, we're changing our name. We are now MindBody. Yeah, we're now becoming part of MindBody. <laughs> uh, he just really was amazing. So side note, we'll go on to serious business. Christina's gone with us too, and obviously Tusney. Erica has yet to go with us. Next year. And next year, hopefully. Uh, but we really love this program. It's really uh, out there. I know there's a lot of LASH conferences, and I'm sure those are great, but those really just focus on, for the most part, how to work on lashes and get better at lashes. Which is important. Which is important. It's, you need to do that. It's great to have that kind of fellowship. You need to do that. But I also think one of the things that we're really lacking in our industry yeah. is how to run a business. I would say that most salons, actually not just lash salons, but almost every salon out there has no idea how to run a business. We... I've only learned by doing everything wrong and being in business now for 13 years almost that we have changed because of that. And we've had enough experience, enough mistakes to be able to say, okay, that doesn't work, that doesn't work, that doesn't work. But what serious business will do, it will help you eliminate some of those bad choices and really teach you principles. They teach you about front desk skills, how to run a better front desk. They teach you things about how to engage with your team, how to sell product better. There's a whole bunch of different areas. Tess, was there any area that you remember that you were... Well, what I love is just you're rubbing shoulders with the real movers and shakers, the real salon owners that are really making a difference in the beauty industry, in the businesses that they own and the staffs that they have. I find it very, very sharpening. Um, yeah. It's really great to go to uh, conventions, uh, beauty shows, ISSE, ICE... Um, ECSE, Cosmoprof. Cosmoprof, those things are great. It's really cool to be with other like-minded, you know, business professionals. The serious business is always so sharp. It just feels like the cream of the crop. People that are really making a difference in our industry, and and it's specifically on business education. It's not vendor information. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with vendors, but it just has a real sharpening effect on us. I, I highly recommend it. Mm -hmm. It's really great to be in the company of other people. 
Yeah, I think it's so different from everything we've been to. We've been to Cosmoprof in Vegas. We've been to ICE now in Long Beach. We've been to IEC, SC, and IBS in Vegas. We've seen all those shows, and we have never gotten the type of content from those shows that we've gotten from Serious Business. Now, Serious Business is run by Neil Corp, and Neil Corp is the people behind one of the softwares. I, I Xylus. No, but anyhow, it's one of those salon software companies and everyone's doing it too. MindBody's doing it. Also, I know Millennium has their show. They all have these conferences, our business, but this is the first. This is the one that really kind of kicked it off and it's kind of like the biggest. I mean, there's like 1,500 to 2,000 people that come to it. So it's huge. It's in New Orleans. It's in it's... New Orleans. So it's really fun. And Except for last year, it was cold. Christina hated last year because it was 20 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually Literally. like right yeah, it was before 20, we got, it was 12 degrees yeah, when we left. Yeah, we left. <laughs> it, we got stuck. We, we slept over extra night because they couldn't have planes leave because they didn't know how to clear the runway because when it's frozen, there's ice on the runway. They're not prepared for that. Yeah, but it's, it's really fun. It's about what five hundred dollars. Nice thing too is it's not crazy expensive. I think it was four seventy five last year, yeah. and then later if you bought it, it was like six hundred. I just want to say the speakers are always top notch. There's just such such good information. If, yeah. if you're if somebody who likes education, likes to go to conventions. Put it down on your calendar for next year. Well, it's going to be late Well, also, if you're January. just spending your wills in a salon, mm-hmm. I think, and you're like, what do I do next? Because there isn't really any help out there unless mm-hmm. you're on something like strategies. Mm-hmm. There's nothing out there that really helps you or motivates you. Mm-hmm. Or sharpens you. There's no group, you know, like there's no mm-hmm. centers. So serious business for me, what I took away, not being an owner, is different ways to manage my own behaviors and skills mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like how to contribute. So it was really helpful. There's a lot yeah. of self-help stuff there, too. Mm-hmm. It's not just about how to run a front desk. It's not... Bre- Kimberly uh, Snyder, not to totally interrupt, but yeah. I mm-hmm. loved her. She was great, and mm-hmm. there's, like, a lot of good different ways on and how health. to be healthy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there's health yeah. stuff there. I think one of the things that's really great about it is because, you know, we're kind of in our little subculture with lashes. What's nice is we're part of the whole beauty industry there. Yeah. It's a bigger group. I mean, we got to meet Van Council, which mm-hmm. Christina probably has a fun story to share about that. But mm-hmm. Van Council, if you don't know who he is. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, he's, he's one of the most successful lash or beauty salon owners in the country. He owns, I think, 25 salons in the Atlanta area. He has like 30 or 40 affiliates in Japan. And he's won Naha and all this stuff. He's really He's quite, a really cool and, and really very cool. approachable guy. But let me just tell you. The, Christina. The story, Christina. Story. Okay, so <laughs> we stayed at the Roosevelt Hotel. That's where a lot of the presentations and a lot of the conferences That's where it's based was. out of, yeah. Um, and it's this historical hotel, and it's kind of upscale. And in do you really want to tell this out loud? I like, think it's really. Because what if he, if he listens to this? I yeah. think it's so funny. So let me just tell you the toiletries <laughs> that they offer there are Salvador Farangamo. They're like really nice goodies. It's not just like you know a vino. Like not, nothing's wrong with a vino, but um, we just lost our sponsor. But okay. Sorry. And so, anyway, there's like this little vanity with all these Salvatore Varangamo. Okay, time out. So, you have to have an elevator speech, right? Like, that's what they tell you in business if you've ever, you need an elevator speech. And so, what is it? Like 20 seconds or something? Like five seconds or 10 seconds? And that's all the time you have. And these guys were fangirling over Van Kelsel. Thank you, because I don't know his real name. (laughs) (laughs) They were fangirling over him. And so, we're all in the same hotel together. So, we get in, and it's an old hotel. The hotels, uh, the elevators got to be as so big small. as this table. It's like table. four feet by four you feet. You can't get more than five people. I had like my luggage in there and 
I didn't fit with another person. So there's like six of us in there. He's one of them. There's nothing to do but to look down. And I'm like, oh my God, your shoes are my toiletries. Meaning he's wearing Ferragamos. Susie <laughs> says this out loud and he's just like, and he looked looking. at me. He's just like trying to figure it out. Like, my shoes are your toiletries? But he looked down and he was like, oh yeah, I guess. <laughs> and, so, and so he's like, oh, okay, bye, thank but you. But he remembered me. Because yes. so, so then afterwards, we were laughing about how awkward that exchange was. Yeah. So she goes up to him later and I'm like, oh, We're in a cocktail time oh, up in the meeting room. I'm so, she's like, hey, Clive. Yeah, yeah so she, she decided to call yeah, him. Yeah, his name was not Clive, but she's like, hey, Clive, um, I just wanted to say, you know, I, I know that was kind of awkward, but I just meant that you have really Cool shoes. I didn't say it was awkward. I said, by the way, I still like your shoes. <laughs> he walks away and she's like, yeah, his name is Clive. I said, no, his name isn't Clive. You know what? I have a picture. We'll go ahead and put that up on Instagram yeah. or Bootcamp or something. Yeah. Of yes. you guys with Clive. Well, yes. that's with Clive. In fact, we should tag it. Hashtag Clive. Clive. <laughs> yes. Anyway, he's got a good sense of humor. No, he's he great. great. He's gracious. very down to earth. A guy who, you know, is very highly respected in the hair world. And this is what it's cool because you get to meet people like him who are very successful and you get to talk to them and get to know other salon owners. There, there was that couple that we saw two years ago. I got to pull him aside this year and he got to talk to him for like 10 minutes before the show and just thank him for his talk last year. And then he encouraged us and told us some things that we should be doing. And it was really kind of neat just to be able to sit down. This guy has four salons, I think 160 employees and is crazy successful in his neck of the woods and to be able to be able to find those type of people and talk to them and learn from them because i think sometimes in the last world we kind of think this is it it's this so is insular it, yeah that we don't realize there's been people doing this for 40 50 80 years if they're a family business who've passed on their traditions and we can learn so much from hair salons because really the last world has only been around for like 13 15 years mm-hmm. and as far as salons go i mean we're pushing 13 we're easily one of the oldest salons in Southern California. Most salons are five years and less. So there's not a lot of experience or understanding of how things work. And so it's really kind of a great place to go to meet and connect. There's cocktail meet times. There's plenty of times in between meetings to run into people and talk to people. And for us, uh, it's a highlight. It's actually one of our favorite things to go to. And God willing, we can take more team members next year to it because it's uh, definitely worth it. Yeah. All right, so, okay, we've uh, talked about a bunch of things, but let's get focused now. Let's get down to really what we're here to talk about today, and that's one thing. We want to talk about how do you deal with allergic reactions to the glue? This is probably, in my opinion, next to lashes being damaged. Um, I think people, at least stylists, are super confused and there's a million different answers out there. Everything fear from the glues, just ignoring it to making up all sorts of crazy stories, not making up, but just coming up with almost like witch doctor remedies and stuff like that and how to approach it. So I thought we've been dealing with this for 13 years. We've worked with a doctor in trying how to figure out how to treat it and work with it better. So I thought we would share our opinions on this. I wouldn't say that this is all exact science, but we've got a few things figured out here. So I'll open the floor to you guys. Well, 
It is an exact science, it, okay. but it's not exhaustive. Okay, you know? how about that? Maybe that's yeah. a better way of saying it. The kind of doctor that we have been working with is an oculofacial plastic surgeon, so uh, somebody who is an ophthalmologist but with a plastic surgery background. Uh, back, background. Emphasis, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. And his background isn't just some you know podunk doctor in some backwoods area that came out to help us. He's actually teaches at USC. Yeah. Yeah, he and he actually it. helped find the laser eye center at USC. Yeah, the too. Doheny Eye Research. Yeah. yeah. So he's highly regarded as one of the top in his field. So it wasn't just some guy that we, like my brother or something. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he has an yeah. <laughs> associate professor at uh, Keck School of Medicine. Yeah, so anyhow, so let's uh, go into it. What is this whole thing about allergic reactions? How do we deal with it? And what are some other things to talk about that around the idea of allergies? Well, I guess what we should talk about is in the very beginning. Let's go back to the, the good old days when I first started to realize that there was an issue. What would happen was I would see a client several times, and then all of a sudden they would present with swollen eyelids. And I'd do their lashes just like the last time, and they'd call me the next day and say, uh, Tess, did you do anything different? Did you use a different bottle of glue or something like that? Because I woke up and my eyelids are swollen, and I couldn't figure it out. I, I'd have them come back in. We'd do more like a touch-up or something like that, and they'd, they'd get swollen again. And I, I was just trying to figure out what's going on. I, I usually ended up having to take up off those lashes because their eyelids were so swollen and nothing could really fix that. So, But that made it worse, right? Yeah. Taking off their lashes. Taking off their lashes made it worse. So I realized something is going on here. I don't know what it is. So that's why I figured I need some answers. Uh, so I went to Dr. Stout. He was local to me. I knew that I could send you know patients his way. And I said can you help me with some of these questions that I have? I don't quite understand why. How did you meet this doctor? Like how, how can you help other people go and find somebody? Did you just call him? Like, were you just like, Hey, I'm just a local professional or how did you make that introduction happen? Uh, good question. Um, I met Dr. Stout through a mutual friend who was a a nurse. Mm -hmm. Uh, she specialized in injectables. She did a lot of, uh, Botox, uh, Restylane fillers, that kind of thing. She worked for him, and she worked for a couple other places. And we were talking just about referring and things like that. And she says, "Oh, you should meet the doctor that I'm working for. He can be a good referral source for you, a good source of information." My motto is always take the meeting. Mm-hmm. Oh, if there's an opportunity to meet somebody, go for it. You, you never know how that interaction can benefit you in the future. Mm-hmm. And so I met him, offer, I learned basically what things were his expertise so that I could have a place that I could refer people for his specific expertise. And I realized that, you know, he could probably help me with some of the things, the unknowns that I didn't know. He was specifically a doctor of the eye area, and I knew he could be a, a good resource for me. So I asked him, I said, hey, I'm having some trouble with these specific things. Every now and then, I will get a client who will present with swelling and irritation 24 hours after the application. And we kind of figured out what it was and what was happening. And from that, I was able to tailor what our response should be for new clients coming in and how to mitigate an allergic reaction when somebody's going through it. Basically, I wanted to know anything that's going to send our clients to the doctor 
is something that we as lash professionals need to work on because that's something that's completely out of our control, but we need to know what's a common occurrence so that we can guide our clients when they have that reaction. Um, We need to know approximately how many people it's going to happen to, and we need to give them a plan of action so that they're not just up a creek and that we can direct them because we're the ones that kind of got them into the situation. Because you always need to deal with client expectations. That's right. And the problem we were finding, and I see this still on Instagram, People are losing clients left and right because they have reactions mm-hmm. and they share that and they go, my client just had an re- allergic reaction and she quit lashes and I just don't know what to do. I don't That's know right. how to help them. I've tried all these different things and it's not. So. As a professional, if you're giving somebody a service, you have to tell them everything about that procedure, including the possible risks. If you have done that, you've done your job. You need to tell them what is a possibility for them, good and bad. And then you give them that information so that they can decide is this something that they want to undergo. That's a good point. But a lot of people, I mean, all of us, I think all of us, we all went to training and it's two-day course, you're one and done. And there is nobody to go back and refer to. So I think it is a good idea to find a local medical person because really right now, no pun intended, but it's a blind leading the blind. And it's just people on our lash groups that we are on Facebook or whatever. And it's like, you know, I don't know what to do. And we literally, I mean, I shouldn't say we were laughing, but we were kind of laughing the other day because it was like somebody said, oh, well, um, have them take Benadryl and then have mm. them, you know, do Pepto-Bismol. Like, Mm-mm. we were like, what does Pepto-Bismol have to do with anything? But it's just, yeah. nobody knows. Yeah, drink like, the glue. It's like, calm their anxiety, <laughs> upset stomach. Yeah. Anxiousness over the yeah. glue, that's I guess. Right. It's just like nobody knows where to go. That's right. You need to have a medical professional that's on your side, somebody that you can refer to in times that you get into trouble. For example, in the case of, let's say somebody has irritation in their eye and it's right after your service, basically you need to have a formula for how to handle that mm-hmm. in case it's something that becomes out of your control or out of your scope of expertise. You need to have somebody that's on your side that you can refer to that can help you because we need to mitigate any factors that would cause people to have to go to the doctor and for us to be like, oh, I don't know what that is, that's grossly irresponsible for mm-hmm. our part. It just It's comforting to have somebody on your side that can be like, I can help you. I need to know what's going on and I can help your patient. And it shouldn't time. just be someone that you can just refer a number and they can call on office hours because we've had instances where things have happened outside office hours and we can call Dr. Stout. We actually have a cell number. You need to develop that trust. I don't think most doctors write off and give you their private line, but eventually you need to build that trust. And if you become a referral source for them, they will. One time we came in on a Sunday, if you remember, we did a client on a mm-hmm. Sunday and we got a fleck or a speck of the glue that you were removing the lashes came off, got under her eye, and it was just so tiny. Oh, let me explain this story. Yeah. Can I explain? But yeah, go ahead and explain it. It wasn't on a Sunday, but it was after hours. It, it, was, it was like Saturday night eight. or a Sunday or something like that. It was like 8 p.m. Crazy I remember hours, yeah. because this was a, a very high-powered yeah. client, and she tells me, I need to be out of here by 8 p.m. because I have a conference call with the head of Studio X, head of Studio Z, and I was like, oh, okay, all right. So halfway during the service, she says, Tessany, there's something in my eye. So I stop the service, and I rinse, and she's like, nope, I still feel it, and I rinse again, and I'm sure you guys have had this situation mm-hmm. where it is not going away, whatever it is, and I have usually... 
after multiple rinsing, something finally does get dislodged, but this wasn't. And I began to think, holy cow, she's got to leave here. She's got a meeting, you know, at 8 p.m. and there's a problem. I can't even finish the service. What do I do? The only thing at that time I could think of was call Dr. Stout because I didn't know what to do. So I called. Thank God he picked up the phone and I said, listen, I've got a very high-powered client. She's got a meeting can you help me out? I don't know what's going on with her. With her, He says, I haven't left the office yet. Send her on over. Anyway, needless to say, she canceled her meeting, but she went over there and he called me back later. And he says, it was a, a little bit of glue that got stuck in the eye and I had to, to it get it out. got lodged in the lid, right? Yeah. yeah. And I said, well, and it was a flake too, not the glue droplet. That's right. Like I that, said, Dr. Stout, dry piece. Yeah, what dry. could I have done differently? He says, well, Tessany, you really couldn't have done anything. And in fact, you did exactly the right thing. And I said, why? He's like, well, because what happened was that little fleck of dried glue Basically, it got stuck underneath the eyelid, and what happens is the tissues around that began to swell, so it held it in place, and it didn't dislodge. And so every time she blinked, it was scratching over her eye, and there was no way you could dislodge it because the tissues had swollen. So in that case, what you have to do is you have to pop the lid inside out, you have to make a visual inspection, and you have to remove it. Now, when you're saying pop the lid, it's like when we were little kids and you like flipped your lid upside down and it looked like bubble gum on that eyeball. <laughs> so gross. That's right. That's what we yeah. do. That's, that's right. Yep. He said he had to look at the eye in a slit lamp. It's high power magnifier. It's a high power magnification that shines the light in one specific area of the eye so you can see where that little glue thing had made a mark on her lid. And then because of that, he knew that there was something in it. So he taught me basically how to pop that lid, how to make that visual inspection so that you can dislodge it. And I came back and taught it to the rest of the staff. So if there, yeah. I had to do it on a client once and she had the same thing. It's perfect now because now you know if you after you've it. rinsed a couple of times and something's not dislodging, you know, you can say, what we're going to do now is I'm going to pop the lid. And also tell them not to put any pressure on their lid because they're just scratching it more. That's right. So once you pop it and you can visually inspect the inside of that lid and, and you know that there's nothing in there, then you know that you can even send them home even if they say that they still feel something because you've made that visual inspection, you know that there's nothing in that lid. Maybe we can put a video on That's why I just wrote that down. Yeah, yeah. It's, re- it's actually really easy mm-hmm. to do, but mm-hmm. you're intimidated because you're like, I feel like this is going against all anatomy. That's mm-hmm. right. But it's easy and it doesn't feel, because we did it to each other because yeah. we needed to feel what it felt like, which I thought was a really great idea. And when we did it to each other, I was like, oh, I was scared, you know, mm-hmm. at first. But no, like the client, it doesn't cause no. really any discomfort to the client. It looks weird, and it's, <laughs> but they don't see that. It's scarier to us than it is yeah, to them. Exactly. <laughs> and the video will look scary, too, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. The cool thing about it is that it gives you just the confidence as a professional, knowing that you have a remedy for when they're saying, there's something in my eye, and mm-hmm. you've rinsed it a couple of times, and they're still complaining of something in it. It's just a great tool to have. I guess, but the bottom line about that is that we learn that through having this relationship with a vendor, basically, that can help educate you. And so the long and short of it is is that talking to Dr. Stout about the allergy is what really helped us to come up with a game plan on how to deal with that. To that, though, how do you, I mean, for girls, people, stylists out there who aren't experienced yet, or even know when, you know, we're watching these posts and it's like, I don't know, like, and is it breached? Are they breaching their hair? Like, how does somebody determine what an allergy is? Is this an allergy? Is it not? 
I mean, I know, but right, do you right. want to speak to that? Define what an allergy is right now. That'd be a good. Okay. Or also, I, I tread lightly because there's also like a whole group of people which I, I once responded to somebody's question. It was actually the Pepto Bismol thread, and I was like, "Hey, this is what it looks like." People mm-hmm. were going along with the Pepto Bismol, like, "Hey, that's a great idea." But when I was like, "Hey, it could be contact dermatitis, and this is maybe what you should suggest," they got mad at me because they were like, "You're not a doctor," and I was like, "You guys that's just right. agreed to Pepto Bismol." So, <laughs> <laughs> so can or, you? Mean- or they're almost quicker to jump to, "Oh, it could be an infection," that's and right. it's like you have to be intelligent in your field of work. You have to be an expert. Otherwise, you're just giving your clients the wrong information. Just guessing. Mm -hmm. And guessing and looking really unprofessional because they're going to eventually go to the doctor Mm -hmm. and the doctor is going to tell them what's going on. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just side note, I love that we have Dr. Stout because he's not intimidated by lashes. He knows. He's an authority. Yeah, he knows he's like alongside of us. So I guess what we'll do is we'll share our protocol. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to ask Erica to share. What do we say to every new client when they first come in about the the allergy? Yeah, we educate every single new client who comes into the salon. And we tell them about the possibility of developing an allergy. Mm -hmm. We are really sure to say that it only affects 5% of the population. Mm -hmm. So the chances are unlikely, but... It is still a 5% chance, Mm -hmm. and the allergy won't present itself until after three exposures to Mm -hmm. the adhesive. And they always go, why, why? That's so weird. And Mm -hmm. so we've said, you know, it's not completely black and white. It is a little bit of a gray area, but we've noticed that it takes at least three exposures. And I think we've decided it's because, or maybe Dr. Stout told us this, I'm not sure, but it's such a tiny amount they're being exposed to. Mm -hmm. And I always kind of try to simplify it. And I just say, you know, our body kind of goes, oh, I'm allergic to this, Mm -hmm. I think, after three times Mm -hmm. because it's It's enough. It's gone into our system enough. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. At the same time, I want to interrupt is we do have one simple moon. We'll have a client after one or two years walk in and all of a sudden have the allergy. So it's not 100%. I say that to every client too. Okay. Yeah. So I say, you know, sometimes... We've even seen someone have a baby and like everything changes and then they're allergic all of a sudden. Or or for me, I never had allergies to anything in nature until two years ago. Mm -hmm. I just developed them all of a sudden for no reason. And so, yeah, it happens with lash extensions, too, to the adhesive. But yeah, it's true. You can develop an allergy to anything. You know, so if you have cats for years and years and you haven't had an issue, it's possible to develop an allergy. So that's more of a rare situation. But generally it is after your third exposure and it can be years from the first exposure. Mm -hmm. But it generally takes about three exposures before your body says, oh, I, I really don't like this. And what happens is 24 hours after that third exposure... If you have the allergy, if you are part of that 5%, you will wake up from sleeping, look in the mirror, look, and both eyes are going to be swollen and puffy, more than crying all night. Mm -hmm. If you have to say, do I have it? You probably don't have it. It is both of the lids become swollen and and tumescent as if they're filled with fluid. Some people say they look like they've been beaten up because of the swelling. We like to say that the eyeball is quite quiet, meaning that the eyeball is not necessarily weepy or gooey. There's not a lot of discharge. However, sometimes the eye looks a little glassy, and sometimes people can say, oh, my eyes are a little watery looking. But the main swelling is the eyelid. It sometimes, And some people report it being itchy, it being red. Tender. What, tender. What happens is it tends to get a little bit worse as it goes, If that's you, then most likely you have the allergy. Mm -hmm. And 
if you go back to the salon and have them removed, what will happen is the eyes will become even more swollen because you're allergic to the solvent that's in the adhesive. It's not the formaldehyde that's in the glue. Mm -hmm. It is contact dermatitis. You are sensitive to the solvent. The solvent is a byproduct uh, of the adhesive, basically. And even if you do not get the adhesive, if it's even if it's a millimeter away from the skin, that solvent still wicks down and can still cause irritation and still cause that inflammation. What happens is if most clients don't have any information and they're afraid, what they will do is they will go to the doctor. The doctor, if they don't understand about lashes, they will say, here is a course of antibiotics and take those off. And so the client will call the salon and say, I went to the doctor. They told me to take them off. Well, and you gave me an infection. And you gave me it. an infection. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so but different. once that happens, though, you've lost all credibility, and there's that's no right. way to come back. That's, like, that's it. Because you haven't forewarned them. You didn't let them know that this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So they're going to believe the doctor over you. That's right. you well, can, I mean, they should believe the doctor over They should. we're just a lashes. Exactly. But I'm just saying, but if you start introducing the idea of contact dermatitis, it's too late now because mm-hmm. they're not going to believe you. you I don't need know what to that say is. It ahead of time and you need to tell them the worst case scenario so that they can choose if this is a risk that they want to take. Mm -hmm. Don't shy away from this hard conversation because it may feel awkward. Even if they have told you that they've done lashes before Mm -hmm. and you may think, oh, they're not allergic because they've been getting lashes for months. You need to have this conversation because it can happen to them and Mm -hmm. you will lose them if you do not direct them if you have not adequately prepared them. I guess one of the things, the challenges that we've run into when we are preparing people, equipping people, is that we didn't equip them to say the the right things correctly. And so sometimes people would say, "Um, so basically, welcome to our salon. In three times, you're going to get an infection in your (laughs) eye and it's going to happen. No, no, it's not an infection. You're not going to get an infection. This is exactly how we say it. We have to talk about the possibility of developing an allergy. So write that down, gals. We have to talk about the possibility of developing an allergy. 5% of the population has the allergy, but we won't know if you have it until your third exposure. Now, if you do present with swollen eyes the next day, it's a very easy fix, but you have to see a doctor. Now, you can see the doctor that we recommend that knows all about lashes, or you can see urgent care. You can see the people downstairs, because downstairs we have an optometrist shop. Uh, An optometrist can prescribe what we're talking about. So you don't have to see an optometrist. But somebody who knows who you are is is always good. But anyway, you're going to tell them you need to see a doctor. And you're going to tell the doctor two things. Number one, I may have contact dermatitis. And second, I need a prescription for dexamethasone. Dexamethasone is a steroid that is safe for the eyes to use. It will not cause cataracts. Hydrocortisone is available over the counter, but it is, number one, not strong enough to counteract the swelling that you get from contact dermatitis with the lashes. And number two, over time, it will cause cataracts on the eye. It is not safe to use. So not only are you giving them a medication that is, will not take that swelling down, but it can cause problems in the long run. It's, it's just not right for them. Will Benadryl help? Benadryl will not prevent contact dermatitis from happening. Okay. Benadryl is an antihistamine. It will give antihistamines in their system, but it will not prevent 
contact dermatitis. Contact dermatitis is happening because they are allergic to the product that you're putting on the skin. You need to protect the skin. So you're taking an oral antihistamine, it will not have any impact. So do I have to stop getting lashes? You do not have to stop getting lashes. This is how you're going to proceed if you have that allergy. You are going to put that cream on 24 hours before you come in. You're going to have the service, and we are going to wash you very thoroughly after the service immediately. We are going to wash you while you're on the table. We are going to wash you with OcuSoft. If you don't have OcuSoft, use a baby shampoo. You are going to really clean those lashes because that solvent is what's causing that contact dermatitis. So you remove that solvent, you help prevent that situation. Then you put the cream on immediately if they brought it in. If they have forgotten to put the cream on before they come in, it's okay. If you put it on ahead of time, it just helps get in their system and helps mitigate that response. But if they've forgotten, no big deal. So this is how people do it with the allergy. They Does usually, it present again? If they use it prophylactically, you know, treating ahead of time, washing after, putting on usually there's very little response. They might have to use it one or two days, but it keeps that swelling response from happening. And so people can have the allergy and continue to get the lashes. We have a few clients, I'd say, that even with it still have at least some reaction because they're so sensitive to the glue. But by far, I'd say 95% or more of our clients who use it have very low reaction as long as they're you know preemptive and put right. it on before and right afterwards. So let me talk about what happens if you don't, if the client does not get treatment? Okay, just Can I interrupt so, just for a second. Absolutely. So I just want to say that we didn't like just come up with this protocol out of the blue, yeah. right? Like we didn't just make it up. Like mm-hmm. you've worked with Dr. Stout for years. Mm-hmm. And so I think when we tell clients, hey, doctor, I may have contact dermatitis mm-hmm. and I need dexamethasone, when we tell them to say that to their doctor, that is something that Dr. Stout. That's right. Thank you for mentioning that. The reason why we instruct our clients to say that is because it will tell the doctor immediately what it is that they're dealing with. Because when somebody comes in with that swelling on their eyelids, they oftentimes don't know what it is. So the worst case scenario is that it could be a possible infection. So the average doctor will probably say, just remove the lashes and be done with it. And we think a lot of it has to do with the fact doctors have so much on their plates already. Mm -hmm. They don't have time for this. The simple solution for them is remove the lashes and move on. Don't get lashes. You're just not a good candidate Mm -hmm. for them. Or we've met doctors who just believe lashes are bad. Like Mm -hmm. they just think people are getting infections and they don't want to really look into it just move on and get out Mm -hmm. i have 10 patients waiting for me so just remove them and move on and so you need to come in and kind of coach them along the way and help them which is why it's better if you can find someone to partner with you can develop that relationship and that doctor can be your go-to person he will advocate for you he or she will advocate for you Mm -hmm. and help you keep your client versus an er doctor or urgent care doctor or their standard care doctor who right now just needs to move on to the next patient so they're just going to do the least amount of resistance whatever is the easiest mm-hmm. thing to do and they don't care about your business and take care That's of you right. in any way so this is where partnering is really important and for you. And it's so sad too when your client has just invested in mm-hmm. getting lashes and yeah. then the doctor's like
like, oh, take them off, you know? Yeah. That's right. It's That's right. Fun. But also, it makes you look like the authority when this is really all true, and then they come back, and then you're not dealing with, do I charge them for removal? Do I keep the money? Mm-hmm. Like, another thing we see on mm-hmm. the feed so much, like, what do I do? Like, should I, I mean, and then you see the responses are like, well, you gave her your two hours of work, or, you know, and so... Mm-hmm. It, she signed the contract, didn't she? Yeah. yeah. So it keeps that all <laughs> under like control. so defensive yeah. all the it time. Is. Mm-hmm. It is. Do you want to do what's right for mm-hmm. your client? Got to think big picture here. You're trying to do what's right for the client so the client will think well about you. Even if they don't stay, they'll speak well of your salon. And you know, also, though, just to, to that um, 5%, like a lot of us can't visualize what that means, 5% of the population. It's like when I tell my people, our guests that come in, I'm like, hey, you know, 5%, and they look at me like this blank stare, like, well, 5% doesn't mean I'm going to get it. No, I, I say I generally see about 100 people a month. Two people have it that I see consistently. Mm-hmm. It's even less than 5%. Yeah. <laughs> it's 2%. Yeah. So it's an easy way for people to visualize that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to jump oh, in oh. just explain real quick again. And the reason why it's bad for them, because I think you hinted on this, but just to clarify, when they say just remove the lashes, the doctor will say that. Or they'll just say, I just want my lashes removed. The reason why you don't want to remove it is because the remover you use has the same solvent in it that causes the allergy. So you're going to have a double yeah. dose of the solvent on you, which will cause your lashes and your eyes, I mean, to swell even more. That's right. So immediately. So if you remove their lashes, if they come back to you, their poor eyes are so swollen and they say, the doctors told me to take them off. I'm so sad. I have to take them off. You're going to put that chemical solvent on their eyelids, and they are going to be even more swollen than when they first walked in. Mm-hmm. Their eyeball will be red. When they're already sensitive, it's just a painful ordeal to go through, and they're just so, so swollen. You can tell them you can keep your investment. If you do not get any treatment right now, if you woke up and you're swollen, you have a couple options. If you get no treatment whatsoever, the swelling is going to go away on its own between 7 and 10 days. Nobody wants to wait that long. But if they got no treatment, that's exactly what would happen. What happens is every time they wash their face, that solvent binds with the water as it's being washed away, and it dissipates over time. It's kind of like marking your hand with a permanent marker. In 7 to 10 days, even if you didn't wash your hand, it would be gone because your skin cells are shedding, the marker's binding with other things, and it's dissipating. In the same way, the solvent from the glue will be dissipating, and slowly over time, between 7 and 10 days, all the swelling will dissipate, and you will look normal. Okay, however, with another exposure to the adhesive, it will start all over again. So sometimes people have, you know, on their own, be like, oh, it's a little itchy, I don't know what's going on, and then it got better, and then they come back and get their service again, and it's swollen again. Why? Because they're really allergic to the adhesive. If they put the medicine on ahead of time and they put it on right after they washed and it would mitigate that inflammatory process and they wouldn't have it so that they can keep the extensions. How can you tell the difference between an allergy and breaching the waterline? Like if their eyes are red and they call back right away or... Okay, so we call breaching the waterline when either the tape gets too close or... You can tell the difference when you look at the eyeball, if there's a nexus of blood vessels at the very bottom of the iris, either it's drying out or there's a physical abrasion on the eye that causes that redness. So there's redness in the eye. 
the swelling from contact dermatitis mostly encompasses the eyelid. So it's both eyelids too. It's, it's not both, just both, one. Uh, yeah. If mostly. it's just mostly. one, if so, this is something when you're troubleshooting. If the client calls you the next day and says, "My eye is really swollen," and you're going to ask them the question, "Is it both eyes?" Because if it's just one, it might be an indication she's telling you that the waterline is breached. Because they're not going to tell you often what's going on. They, they might say one eye is swollen, and it might not be swollen. It might just be red. You know that kind of. You're they have, have a to- hard time describing what it is. And I know at the front desk, what we do is we will always say, "Please send us a photo." Yeah. And I usually take that photo and show Tusney, and she will look at it. We're not going to prescribe like a doctor or anything like that, but we can tell if we breached the waterline or if it's contact dermatitis. Thankfully, breaching the waterline is very rare. We probably only see it a few times a year amongst the thousands of people we see. But the contact dermatitis does happen more often. And we can tell from that. And then usually our response is you should go see a doctor and have this verified. Because, again, we're not going to prescribe anything. But you should tell them you believe it's that it looks like it's contact dermatitis and that you should get the dexamethasone. So Yeah, the dexamethasone is going to take the inflammation away like that. And this is snapping my fingers. It really does remove that inflammation immediately. It'll almost be gone completely in about two days of using it. We have videos, actually, of one of our girls who has an allergy. Go ahead, Paul, type that up. Yeah, I'm typing it uh, up. We'll add that to wherever it is we're posting things these days, but it's actually really helpful because like, it shows her being washed with the Ocusoft. It shows Rebecca's putting on the mm-hmm. dexamethasone and how to do it. And, like She's not afraid of getting the oil in the lashes. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. a really yeah. clean video to see. Now, the doctor's the one that's going to prescribe, but you're going to help educate the client so that they can talk to their doctor. Ideally, you want an ointment. You do not want drops. Although drops will work, the reason why you want an ointment is because it stays on the skin, and that's really what's affected, affected, right? A drop doesn't stay on the skin as well. This is also one of the reasons why we do not do a patch test. It can give a false negative. So sometimes people I have heard in some circles, oh, we do a patch test. We put a little bit of the glue on the back behind the ear or in the inner part of the forearm. And and normally you would think that that would be a good idea if it's just the skin. However, the tissue around the eye is different. If you do a patch test behind the ear or on the arm and they don't have a dermatotic reaction and the client is actually allergic, you may give them a false sense of security, security because they're not going to present on the arm or behind the ear, but as soon as it gets on the eye, it will because the tissue is different. So doing a patch test on the skin that's not connected to the eye is not particularly helpful. And you'd have to do it more than once. That's right. It's come have, back yeah, a few you times. Have to do it do a it. few times. That's right. And that's another ad, uh, reason why you should always wash the lashes immediately after because that 5% of the population could really benefit from having the skin not have being flushed, not sitting and stewing and brewing in that solvent. So if somebody tells me during the service that they're actually itchy, it's a warning flag for me because it might be that they're so allergic, their body is telling you right now. Already they're, having They're already having. If you can see by the end of the service and the swelling or tumescence in the eyelid and where you can actually see a dermatitic reaction occurring on the client, you need to say something. Don't let the client walk out and just be just like, hope it gets better. No, you have to say it looks like your lid is swelling a little bit. The fact that you told me that you were itching a little bit causes me to wonder if you aren't allergic. So let me just go over the protocol one more time. If you are allergic, you're going to know tomorrow morning. And I actually see a little bit of swelling in your eye right now, and I'm a little concerned that it's itching for you. So what I'm going to suggest that you do, Miss Q, Miss Jones, is go downstairs, 
to the place that we refer to as Diamond Optometry. I'll give them a shout out. They're on Lake Avenue in the same building that we are. They're very familiar with what this is. Go downstairs right now. Tell them you just had your lashes done and you can already see some of that swelling. Tell them I think that you possibly have that allergy and they'll prescribe it. The thing is, is that an eye doctor will not prescribe any topical preparation or any antibiotic or any preparation. It's not antibiotic, by the way. It's not, but yeah. anything, any like if you have pink eye or anything yeah. like that, they're not going to prescribe something if they haven't seen you. If you call it in, they won't do it. You have to come in. Even if you say, listen, I have a history of doing this every time I do this. Yeah, they're going they, to see it. They need they evidence. They have to see it. You can't. Because we have clients will call, well, I want to get it before I come in. And I say, you can try me. I think there are, sadly, there are some doctors that will prescribe. They shouldn't. But most doctors will not prescribe medication without you actually showing the need for that medication. Well, here's, here's the reason. I asked Stella, I said, why is it, you know, uh, since pink eye is practically ubiquitous, everybody gets it, every little kid gets it, why can't you just have it over the counter? I mean, you can get yeast infection medicine, you can get all sorts of stuff over the counter, that stuff that's so common. And he says, well, I'll tell you one of the reasons why is that it's a very small percentage of the case, but there is one situation where a client or a patient will present with swelling, pussy, eyes, it looks just like conjunctivitis, but it's not. And if you treat it as if it's a confection, it can cause blindness. I forget mm-hmm. what the thing is. It's like because of that one situation. It's for pink eye, not it's for, for pink eye. Yeah. You, that's why you cannot buy an over-the-counter prescription for it because they're protecting vision for that less than 1%. So if somebody presents with that swelling, gooey, pustular eye, it can be masking a situation that could lead to blindness. And if it's misdiagnosed, the client can lose their vision. So that's one of the reasons why. And in general, for all, for all prescriptions, pr- yeah. With eye, eye situation, yeah. yeah. They pr- so safe. they're not going to give it to you ahead of time. You have to be presenting with the symptoms. But does mm-hmm. contact dermatitis, if, will that present like two weeks after your appointment? That's a very good question, Chris. And the answer is no. It is 24 hours. So that's why the timing of this is really important. So when you're trying to troubleshoot with your client, that's part of the question that you're trying to figure out. If they said, you know, I got my lashes done about two weeks ago, and I woke up this morning, and my eyes are so swollen. And if it's been two weeks, it's too long. You know it's not you. You're going to still suggest, I think that you should go see the doctor, but you know that it's really not connected to the lashes. Yeah, it's not like the glue like reactivates. That's right. Or whatever. It's people very... think it does. Mm-hmm. Well, and part of it is when they're in the shower and they're like, oh, I opened my eyes and they were burning just like you said and now they're all red and you're like, it's because you need to wash your lashes That's better. That's right. It's all the soap and right. skin and oils that get stuck in there. Mm-hmm. I did want to quickly go back to itchiness yeah. during the appointment because mm-hmm. my eyes itch mm-hmm. every time I get my lashes yeah. done. And I'm not allergic. I don't have the allergy. Mm. Yeah. And I have a lot of clients who are itchy during the appointment yeah. and also don't have the allergy. So it is really good to do what Tessany said and mm-hmm. be cautious and go over the protocol with them. Yeah. But I do see a lot of clients. So that, let's tease that apart, Erica, because that's good. I don't want to give people a false sense of understanding. The, when I said if they're itchy, it's like a lot of people will complain that they're itchy during the service. And I think that has to do with because we go down to the base. That's I right. think if you go one millimeter off the lid, like most people do, 
you're not going to have that same itchiness, but because we get so close to skin, you can feel it. That's and right. It and we also irritated. go to the very inner corner. That's and right. And a lot of other lash places skip the inner corner. That's right. Usually that's where I itch the most and mm-hmm. clients itch the most is when you're working in the inner corner. That's right. And it like tickles the <laughs> lash line and it, it feels itchy. It does feel itchy. Or the tape kind of tickles right. it too. So in the cases that I'm talking about with the itchiness, it's specifically combined with a visual confirmation that their eyelids are swelling before your eyes. Mm-hmm. If you see from the time that you start to the time that you notice that their their lids are starting to get swollen and they're complaining. So it's it's specifically complaining about itchiness combined with tumescence of the lid. Tumescence means it swells, it's looking full of liquid. It's looking full of volume. That's what it looks like. And they're what com- everybody wants their lips to look like. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. If you yeah. put it on the lips. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so that's it's when it's combined. If they're just saying it's feeling a little itchy and you don't see any kind of swelling, go ahead and clean the area a little bit, readjust the tape. Mm-hmm. If they keep persisting with it, sometimes that'll do it. But if they keep saying it and then that you notice that they're swelling. Sometimes you have to end the service, though, because we have a couple people who will be... Uh, I don't want to use the word high maintenance, but they will mm-hmm. have a tendency to be like, oh, the adhesive is too oniony. Are you doing something different? Or, you know, and, mm-hmm. and when you're like, well, I, I understand I'm itching you or this is itchy for you. If you can't handle this, like I, I'll stop the service. Yeah, and then absolutely. Yes. All of a sudden they're not quite as itchy. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You can kind of, I mean, you have to take your cue from the client. If mm-hmm. they keep saying, for example, a common complaint is that when you first go to start the service, the light is too bright. And what you try to do in the situation is you adjust the light to make it dim. And there is a limit, though, to how dim it can be. You have to be able to do your job. And that's what I tell the staff. So what we do is we turn off the light and we test it. Can you handle that? Can you handle that? If they turn it all the way down, can you handle that? Oh, that's good. Say, oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) There's a minimum of light that I need. I will not be able to do the service with this level of light. So it looks like we won't be able to do the service today. Usually, most people change their tunes Mm -hmm. at that point because (laughs) you cannot compromise your ability to perform your service. There is a minimum that is required. I just say, I know it's bright. Your eyes will adjust. And I don't even adjust the light at all. Yeah. Yeah. And like, they're fine. They get used to it. It's like one in a million where they actually have a severe light sensitivity. Mm -hmm. One of my old roommates did to where sometimes it's too sunny and she has to get off the freeway and stop driving. Poor thing. Even with sunglasses on. Yeah. So there are people that have severe light sensitivities. Mm -hmm. I tried to bring her in as a model Mm -hmm. and we couldn't do it. (laughs) I remember that. You remember that? Yeah. That's going to be really rare though. Most of the time it's just well we also use really bright lights so really, i don't yeah. know what kind of lights everybody else is using but ours are extremely bright and it helps us see every tiny little baby lash and i was going to throw out a plug for the lights and be like paul do you want to type that up <laughs> <laughs> uh, pro studio we, lighting I will like, show, yeah. photographers <laughs> like right well i'll jump in okay. and say one thing while you get ready for your next okay. statement i want to say one of the keys that's so important here that's going to help you as a stylist to grow your business is you're going to build trust. Mm-hmm. If you know what you're talking about, you've done your research, you've prepared and met a doctor and have him on your payroll, so to speak, as a referral source, your guest, their trust in you is going to go up. We really, in the end, when we're in business, we're trading in trust. They give you money because they trust you. The moment that trust is gone, 
That client is gone. Mm -hmm. So the first real exchange that's happening there is trust. So you're going to gain a whole lot more credibility in the room when you sit down with them, even if they've had lashes for years. And some of them come, I don't need this. I've been doing lashes for years. And you say, slow down. Just give me a second. I'm going to explain some things. And then there, that one person the next day has that reaction. And they know they're in good hands. Because, wow, I've been getting lashes forever, but she warned me that some people still have the allergy even after years. And I know what this is. And I'm going to call them. I may be a little concerned, but the front desk is going to tell them. We we train our front desk how to talk about it, how to encourage them. We will text them. We've made a pre-made text. Here's where you can go. We give them a referral to the optometrist downstairs to Dr. Stout and we also say you can go to your own doctor if you want but this is what you should tell them the two things that Tussney said that you have contact dermatitis and that you need the prescription for dexamethasone you do all that you have that all set up ahead of time before they walk in through the door you're going to have a client for life. Mm -hmm. And they're going to also tell their friends that I'm with the most knowledgeable last person I've ever met. Mm -hmm. And they're going to tell their friends, and this is going to be another one of those ways that you really raise the bar and become the best in your field. That's right. When you give them that information, they can also plan. Let's say it's a bride and she's coming to get her lashes done. Her wedding is on the 20th and it's her third exposure. So knowing that she doesn't want to take a risk and her wedding's on the 20th, it allows you to plan. So basically you don't want to do it on the 19th because if her wedding is on the 20th and she's got that inflammation, she doesn't have time to go to the doctor. But giving her that information will help her plan accordingly. We Um, do that. We actually, when someone calls, we always ask, actually I should double check this. I say something (laughs) now, I'm like, I should probably retrain this with our front desk. But when I was doing front desk, I'd always say, because usually they want to tell you, oh, it's my wedding, my wedding. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Have you had lashes before? And, you know, and it's half and half. Some have, some have. And they say, well, how many times? And they'll say, oh, I've done it once or twice. I say, okay, I really think right now, we look at the calendar, we need to make sure this is going to be your fourth appointment, not your third appointment. So what I'll do is I'll say, why don't you come in now? And we'll get the lashes on. I said, well, I want him just before the wedding. We're going to, but it sounds like this could be your third exposure. So I want to have it weeks ahead of time so that all your photos aren't ruined. And we'll do it now. And then we will do another. Sometimes I'll just throw a free touch-up or something just before the wedding. Mm -hmm. But again, not right before the wedding. Because again, they can still have the exposure even on the fourth Mm -hmm. time. So I'll probably do it like on Monday. So that way, you know, worst case scenario that breaks out on that next Tuesday morning, they can get the prescription, they can with makeup and the prescription mitigate the issue, and by Thursday, Friday, they should be fine mm-hmm. and be able to do the wedding and all that. So we're very careful in making sure we time it out. Again, we're building huge trust there because yeah. it has happened a couple of times. It rarely has ever happened, thankfully. But you could ruin someone's wedding. No, it happened to us. Even after we knew this protocol, but we were having some challenges in executing the protocol to be delivered, and somebody had slipped through the cracks, had gone to us three times, saw staff, and we failed to explain it adequately. She was a bride. She called us the morning of her wedding and said, my eyes are so swollen. And we looked back at our history. It's the third time. And I died because I'm like, how is it Mm. that we did not give this information when we were training on it? And that was a very humbling moment Mm -hmm. because we completely lost the trust of the client. We failed her on her wedding date. We had the information. And it was because we didn't train all that well in making sure that the staff was equipped 
very comfortable to have this conversation. And it, you know, we'd gone back and said, well, why didn't you have this conversation with her? Well, she came from another salon and she'd been coming for so many years. I, she getting her lashes done. I just didn't think it was an issue, you know, or blah, blah, blah. So that's one of those painful lessons that you have mm-hmm. to learn from. We'll talk more about wedding lashes in another episode, yeah. but I just want to say I would almost never do wedding lashes even two days before the wedding. Yeah. Because on a design note, if they don't like something and they're yeah. a particularly picky client, mm-hmm. they're going to be unhappy with them and they're not going to have enough time to come to fix, fix it. anything. That's yeah. right. Mondays, I think it's always for me the target day. I try yeah. to do Mondays. It seems to be a great day. Or maybe even the previous Friday or Saturday if they have to. And then right. you have a touch-up maybe on that Monday or Tuesday. Okay. Anyway. Well, I wanted to just briefly talk about how to develop a relationship with a medical professional. You can pick an ophthalmologist. I think for most lash artists, I'm going to suggest you go with an optometrist, basically somebody who sells glasses because they are going to have a little bit more time. And usually the glasses, it's aesthetic. It's They're more Um, affordable, too. It's more affordable, and that specific doctor will have more time to deal with you. What I suggest is approaching the doctor. What I want to make available to all those who are listening to us and want concrete information about contact dermatitis, we have a handout that's specifically made for lash professionals. It talks about the five different choices that you have when somebody does present with contact dermatitis, and we didn't really go over all those things here. I don't know if we want to, but like, for example, if you don't do anything in seven to 10 days, it's going to dissipate. You know, you have that information. The other thing is you can physically remove those lashes, but it's very, very difficult to physically remove lashes that you just put on. I'm cracking the bond. And one of the reasons why is because the lids are so swollen. There's no room for you to get those tweezers underneath there to crack that bond. The other alternative is to use a solvent. If you use the solvent, though, you've got to tell the client your eyes are going to be even more swollen and red than when you first walked in here. It's going to take a little bit longer for it to dissipate. However, if you get the medication, you will be 50% better tomorrow, just in terms of swelling, and you can keep the lashes. So, But we can give you the handout if you want to get in touch with yeah, us. Yeah, we will actually, I think we've done this actually on mm-hmm. one of our other talks. I can post a PDF link okay. in the show notes, and we did that for, I think, for aftercare, for how to, right. from injury, how to deal with injuries. Um, so we'll put a, I'll look into putting a PDF on the contact dermatitis. It gives yes. you all those options. Okay. And kind of also will give you the prescriptions of the dexamethasone, yes. which ones are the most popular that they can prescribe. Mm-hmm. They're asked the doctor to prescribe. Yeah. And they can do the off-brand, which is a lot less That's right. Much we we always affordable. tell our clients to ask for the generic form of dexamethasone because it's, the most cheap. There is a preparation. It's called Tobradex. It is a combination of tobramycin and dexamethasone, and it's in a preparation that's perfect. It's an ointment that's for the eye. They do not need the Tobradex, which is an antibiotic, but it's just in that form. But Tobradex is quite expensive, so that's why we at, Over say... Over $100 for the... Like yeah. Some places it's $200. Maxitrol is a good one. But anyway, contact us, get that sheet. And the reason why you want to get that sheet is because I'm going to have you go to you're a person that you're planning to network with and you're going to request like 15 minutes just to talk or just go down in person and you say, this is my protocol. I wanted to see if I could briefly talk to you about networking. There are clients that I would like to send your way that they have needs beyond the scope of my expertise. If somebody has an infection or inflammation or something that I can't deal with, I would like to be able to responsibly send them in your direction so that you can help them And, you know, you can 
keep them as a client for, you know, glasses and things like that. But would you be willing to help me in that situation? So this, but also in doing that and going to meet somebody, it's taking what we've just said here this whole time and seeing if this is really valid or not, because a doctor might look at this and be like, Oh, this is totally wrong. But I mean, I'm sure they won't, but it's, you know, it's the stylist who's listening's opportunity to educate themselves and take something and learn from it and grow like that instead of just Pepto-Bismol for everyone. Yeah. And (laughs) going to the doctor with this will gain gain credibility on your Mm -hmm. behalf. So Mm -hmm. if he sees Mm -hmm. this PDF and he sees it, he'll read it. He knows what contact, he or she, I should say, knows what contact dermatitis is. He knows what causes it. And you've gained a huge amount of credibility because you've come in with knowledge because sometimes... You know, doctors will think a little bit less of estheticians that we don't know what we're talking about. We're just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, floozies with no idea. We think Pepnobismol is the treatment, something like that. Or Claritin. Or Claritin. Or Benadryl. Benadryl <laughs> will help. And they'll kind of look at it there, there. You know, now I'll tell you how to deal with this. So you've gained a little bit more respectability because you said, I'm following these protocols. This comes from another salon that I know of who's worked with a top doctor who's developed these protocols. And I think this is really what we should do too. And that doctor will look it over and I'd be shocked if anyone disagreed. Of course, there's always a million opinions. There might be some crazy doctors out there that go, no, 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 I don't agree. But, you know, that's for right. the most part, I think you're be that's, right. that's your homeopathic doctor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's, your naturopath. Yeah. yeah. So we used to refer people to Dr. Stout. However, he's really hard to get into, and his office prices are really expensive. And he's worth every penny, but yeah. I wanted to have an alternative. Um, we were so just fortunate to have an optometrist in our building. So what I did is I went downstairs and took the PD form and said, this is something that we see often. This is something that I generally have to send out. It's 5% of the population. It's all on that sheet. So in the cases where somebody has this kind of inflammation, we're looking to you to be able to prescribe this kind of situation. We're not you know, we need your expertise to say, is this the situation that they're going through? Mm-hmm. So can I send people your way when they have this kind of inflammation? Absolutely. And they, you know. It's great for them because they can yeah. gain clients. Again, they're gaining trust. Mm-hmm. They're helping them with their problem. And now the client may want to come back there and get their glasses and go from, That's from right. that. Also, it's a two-way street because mm-hmm. most of us use that yeah. doctor downstairs for our actual eyeballs. And she's seen other work on people. And she's like, wow, your guys' work versus other people's work. When I look in the mm-hmm. microscope thing, yeah, whatever the slit lamp. it's unbelievable. And she's yeah. like, and I see other people with lashes coming in for glasses, and I refer them to you guys. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's, it's a, a two-way great, street. It's yeah. great. And that way you can also ask them, listen, I'm seeing a lot of people are coming in because they're complaining it's really dry and their allergies. Is that what you're seeing right now? Yeah, it's really going on right now. What can we do? Just send them down here. We'll help them with dry eye, blah, 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 mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. But it establishes you as a professional and helps you with your networking skills. So I'd encourage anybody who's listening who wants to just kind of step up their game, get that PDF form, start reaching out to people in your neighborhood, get a little team of people on your side mm-hmm. that you can help just benefit your client base with additional professional medical knowledge. A couple more things real quick, and then we should wrap it up. We're going really long in this episode, but I had a feeling talking about glue could do that. And that's fine. I think this hopefully has been extremely helpful for people. One thing, too, that we notice or we don't advise people doing is trying the sensitive glue. Because some people will call me and go, I'm allergic to glue. That's right. And I like to use the sensitive glue. Yeah. Should they? Well, here's the thing. If they use a sensitive glue, they might have less of a dermatitic reaction. However, a sensitive glue will not prevent them from having that reaction. Okay. So if they are allergic, they are still going to have a reaction to the sensitive glue. 
It may not be as strong, but the sensitive glue also means that it's not going to bond as well. So you're not going to have a weaker a, glue, It's right? a weaker glue, so the connection is not going to be as strong. It means that they might possibly have to come back a little bit sooner. So you're really not giving the client that much of a benefit. They're not going to last as long. They're going to have to come in sooner. They're still going to have that response. Yeah, I think, too, the way I look at it is, like, we're not going to lower our prices for you. Yeah. Like, most of our clients go three to five weeks. They're going to have to come back one, maybe two weeks if you use a sensitive glue. Now it's just cost them double the price. Mm-hmm. And they still have some reaction, maybe not as strong, still but they still have a reaction. Gonna have a reaction mm-hmm. Because it's still a cyanoacrylate, and still, 5% yeah. is still going to be allergic. Exactly. So we don't even carry a sensitive glue. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of salons, I think, do still. I keep seeing it. It seems to be less and less, though. I mean, it seems when I look, read posts and look online, I'm not seeing as many people recommending, oh, try the sensitive glue. In fact, I think there are even some companies that don't even offer the sense of glue anymore. So as a solution for that, because I think they realize that people still have the allergy anyway, but we don't at all suggest that you should do it. You're basically charging a lot more money for horrible results and still a minor breakout at least. If you want to help mitigate this immediately, there's one thing that you can do just right away, and that's washing the lashes before the client gets off the table. Put You're not supposed to get your lashes wet, I thought. We talked about that well, in another episode. Well, yeah, yeah. I know. But there's still a lot of people that say that. If you want yeah. to help, you know, removing that solvent is wonderful. It's, it can be a game changer. Washing them twice before you get off the table will help dissipate some of that solvent, which is causing that reaction. So cleaning their lashes right there is something that you can do today that will help. Yeah. yeah. And then the last thing I thought we should talk about, and then we'll wrap this up, was being sensitive to the glue. Like, we see a lot of staff. Mm -hmm. I know Erica, when she first started, had this issue Mm -hmm. with just, you know, her nose would run. Is that an allergy? What is going on with that? Or maybe you want to describe, Erica, first year, what happened when you... Yeah, I self-diagnosed myself, basically, (laughs) that I had occupational rhinitis, which Mm -hmm. is just that my sinuses were sensitive Mm -hmm. and my nose was like a leaky faucet. I'd have to like stuff tissues up my Mm -hmm. nose. Mm -hmm. And so for me specifically, I think it was twofold because we also use acetone like we've talked about Mm -hmm. in the room and I didn't have a lid on it. Mm -hmm. So I think I got used to being exposed to the glue. And I do want to mention that I'm doing lashes, what, 30 hours a week? 32 to 35. Yeah. So just in the room with the glue, with the acetone. So being around it so much, I think I had that reaction that I had because of that. And so I think it dissipated the more I got used to it. But when I put the cap on the acetone or the lid on mm-hmm. the acetone, that almost totally took it away. And not everybody uses that in their rooms, but for me specifically, I think that's what was happening. Mm-hmm. But we do see that a lot. We see a lot of people asking you know, about air purifiers. What's funny is a girl who came to ICE in Long Beach, she just messaged us on, Mm -hmm. like just now, on um, our Integrity Lash account. Brianna Mark 97 asked about an air purifier to help with the fumes of the glue, Mm -hmm. and she couldn't remember which ones that we recommended. And I know we've tried a few different ones, so should we post those? Yeah, I'm putting that, we're (laughs) writing notes right now. It's a Rowinta air purifier. Rowena. 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 R-O-W-E-N-T. 
Oh, Tia, Tia, Tia is Tia. Rowena. Yeah, Christina has one in her room, but yeah, that's the different than the one that's in my room. Yeah, yes, you have a European German thing that ionizes the air, and it basically bonds with anything that's in the air, and it negates that. But we got feedback from the OSHA guy that the better one for a lash salon is going to be the Rowenta, and the reason why is because it actually filters the particulates. Where the ionizer, we don't really have a gauge to know if it's being affected. It doesn't not. take mm-hmm. care of the particulates. They yeah. claim it does. OSHA claims it doesn't. Because okay. he like, tested it, right? Well, no, he didn't test it, but he just looked at it and he and talked knew. about it. And he said, for his money, Rowinta is by far the best air purifier in the industry. It has seven different filters in it. HEPA so filters. It has, HEPA, it has all these charcoal, HEPA, a whole bunch of different things. All those things and combined between particulates and fumes takes that all out of there and it's a great go um, with the little. larger one too we have the larger one at first and then i have the smaller one in my room now and i have to have it raised up in order to really feel the difference um i have it on a footstool mm-hmm. so it's right mm-hmm. by the adhesive so if you can just grab the larger one it's easier i want to try that one again because i do still get runny noses only during my early morning <laughs> it's like my body is just not figuring awake. out how to function again we will we're gonna get one for every room they're not cheap they're like 150 dollars i think per one so we have three right now. We have four more rooms to go. I thought they were more expensive than maybe that. No, the one in mine. Oh, more. you're yeah, right. No, maybe two fifty. No, 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 not like six hundred. I think it was maybe it was two fifty. I think it was like right around three hundred. Okay, it's a lot. All I know is that it wasn't something we, we just could buy for a few right. bucks for every room. We were buying it over time. Well, I want to talk about what rhinitis is. Yes. Uh, it's also, it sounds all scary. Rhinitis, right? Yeah. It's like cold symptoms, runny nose. That's what it is. Rhinitis. It's, it's Does it cause nose. anything bad happen after time? Because I know that some people are afraid of long-term effects. Is it cause cancer or something like that? Well, I don't think there's any studies. That the I, only thing, because the lash industry is still so new, so, yeah. but the yeah. only thing to compare it to are the guys who work with like model aircrafts, mm-hmm. building model aircrafts mm-hmm. and trains and stuff yeah. like that. I don't know if there's any studies. Yeah. It's been around since the 1940s. World War II is when the glue was developed. Oh, the The adhesive. The adhesive. So it's it's been around for 70, 80 years almost at this point. And OSHA, if you go to the OSHA website, they do list it on there. And it's not listed as anything to be concerned about. There's there no, is no red flags. What, what's the, the minimum permissive levels? Uh, I forget. There's the a, technical yeah. words behind it. Yeah. We use cyanoacrylates in our business as lash artists, but you have to understand that we use such a small amount. There are industries that use cyanoacrylates in major applications like flooring, like machine parts, that it's constantly being pumped in. We use the smallest amount, which is like one drop drop. at a time. It's such a safe material that OSHA does not have a minimum exposure Concern, uh, over, concern it. over it. It is irritating for some people, mm-hmm. but there's nothing to be concerned health-wise. And OSHA came in, and we had an inspection, and they checked our air quality, and he said it was nominal. There's nothing. He says it's unmeasurable. It's so small, it's not even worth even bothering to measure. We actually have in Christina's room a little app I have on my phone. Or yeah, something. something. And it basically allows me to check the air quality in Christina's room. Just as a standard practice, it's called FUBOT. 
F-O-O-B-O-T. And it has an app. And I get little warnings. Usually it's late at night when Cole's cleaning the room with chemicals. It pings. It'll say, oh, the air quality mm-hmm. just dropped in the room. Well, mm-hmm. also, though, um, when I have the humidifier on, it tells you, right? Like, it lets you know. It yeah. can ping. And because also it, acetone right next to it. If you open It's measuring the, the particulate in the air. And, and, the, and the, the fumes. And the VOCs. Yeah. yeah, yeah the volatile organic compounds. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome words there. <laughs> but, yeah, it's really useful. So if you really want to check the quality of the air quality in your room, Fubot is a great little tool that we have. I guess I'll put that on our post too. Type that up. Type that up. Thank you. <laughs> and that's another tool that you can have to check. It's really not necessary. OSHA even he looked at that and says you're really overkill well, at this point. If we're gonna go into that, I mean we can also talk about how he said that the masks that we're all using and everybody's going back and forth for it, they're not really effective at all. Like the medical masks. Yeah, yeah, the particulate masks specifically. The ones he said that do work are the carbon filter masks. Those do help remove the fumes. We're not dealing with particulates with the glue. We're dealing with fumes. So he said that, yes, using a one of those masks that has a charcoal lining that helps eliminate that. But it has to be 100% sealed, too. Can't have little cracks here and there, because even a little bit, the fumes just leak right in. Yes, if you go to a show and you see people on the floor doing it, they just have like a little loop mask, yeah. like, like a nail salon mask. That mask can help with some particulate, but it doesn't form a, a tight seal. seal around the mouth. And that's the key that we learned yeah, when we had masks, the... painter's masks. They have those painter's ones yeah. that really go around okay. your face. But those medical masks are really great for when you have a particularly... Sick client. Pungent... And somebody, I mean, oh my God, life hack. I wish I had this for our class that we did. Life hack 101. Lemongrass. I put a couple of drops of lemongrass on the base of it. Hmm. And so I was breathing fresh. Whose idea was that? I don't know. It was like such a culmination. We were all in the back. (laughs) And I was like, what am I going to do? And we were talking about it because it was. (laughs) It was you, me, or love. It was like a clear problem when the guest walked in and me, not to put it, but it was a real problem. And so we were like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? How am I going to get through this thing? When we're that close, it's like if somebody has a very, very strong perfume. Or a very particular yeah. personal smell. We've had clients that have been on certain medications that smell of sulfur, that kind of thing, and it's a medication that they're taking, but you can really smell it. If somebody has a very strong, I don't want to say odor, but a fragrance that it's hard wow. to work with, you've got to figure out some kind of strategy so that you can get through the whole appointment yeah. and be professional. One of our next topics on another later thing, but it was great that we all came together and we're like, "What are we gonna do?" And somebody was mm-hmm. like, "You get the mask," and somebody else was like, "Throw the lemongrass on it," and it was beautiful. I think I said to put it on the towel, and then Love said to put it in the mask. Yeah, it was great. Thank <laughs> oh, you, Love. Yeah. I know. Yay, love. Awesome. yeah, if you don't have masks, put it on the towel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or just put it. So we had somebody on our staff that's allergic to the adhesive. We actually think that it's not just the adhesive, but it's also the quads. She's the allergic to the quads. She definitely is compounds. allergic to quads. She's yeah. allergic to both quads and the glue, which really makes it difficult to so work in our salon. So in trying <laughs> to come to a solution for her, because she's a lash artist, we consulted OSHA. What kind of mask or breathing apparatus can we have for her? So we actually got one of those industrial gas masks, the kind that you yeah. see in cartoons. Like apocalyptic. Yeah. Yes, yes. World-ended gas mask. If we get her permission, we can put it up on the... We can put it, <laughs> I was just about to type that, too. I, was thinking, I have yeah. a picture. Yeah. Yeah. So when we were talking to OSHA about this, we, we really got a good lesson on the effectiveness. And what we learned is that the seal, the mouth and nose has to be completely intact and unbroken for it to be effective. Yeah. And you, and there's a whole protocol and we should probably bring that up in our time, but it'd be interesting because we're about to get it back 
and we're going to test it with loops inside the mask. Yeah. But the idea is the mask, you have to have the person fitted for the mask. Mm-hmm. And then you actually go to a doctor and have it prescribed that she's fit for a mask. It's a little harder to breathe through. So the doctor wants to make sure that their lungs are strong enough, that they're not going to have breathing difficulties. So we sent her a doctor and had her examined to make sure that a mask was appropriate for her. And then the, really the final test for us is because the mask works. It seals completely. But now the problem is she can't see using the loops outside of the mask. So now we're going to try to get the loops inside the mask and have them specially made to do that. So it's an ongoing project. And she's severely like to the point where her whole face breaks out around her mouth or on her eyes, her nose. Her skin bleeds. Her, her hands. Her hands. Yeah, everything. She's hypersensitive. I mean, our current solution is not have her do lashes, by the way. She's doing facials <gasps> in our salon. She's so good at facials, by the way. If you guys are in the Pasadena area, call yeah. us for a facial. Yeah, <laughs> she's great. She's taking it up, loves it. It's been doing good work. We're still hoping to salvage and get lashes in her life back if we can. Call us for lashes, too. We would love our listeners to come in for yeah, lashes. Yeah, definitely. If you're in our stylist, we'd love to you know have you come in. In fact, I'll just say this. If you're in our area, we'll give you a break. We're normally $300 for a new set. But if you come in, we'll give you $100 off just to come in and try us. We'd love to connect. And so get we, know our salon. we do remove everybody else's lashes. Yeah, it's we do start new. We don't build off other salons. We do... As you've, if you've been listening to us for a while, you know that we do things a little differently. It's, it'd be a chance for you to experience our technique and see if it works for you. So happy to do that. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. That'd be fun. So, who was it that you sent her to? You said I. We sent her somewhere. Was it occupational therapy or what? Yeah, we she went to Kaiser and so, ended up going to some sort of not her own personal doctor. She had to get a prescription or a referral. So I'm just thinking, like uh, our listeners, somebody who's thinking I'm really allergic. I have that runny nose every time I do the lashes. Maybe I should get fitted. So help walk them through. Yeah, the idea would be would to do. go to your doctor and say I need to be fitted. I want to try and see if a mask works for me. Um, if you work for yourself and you put the mask on, you like it, you can probably just do it. But if you have employees, you need to make sure that you kind of go the extra mile for them they really mm-hmm. protect them so you want them to the doctor you'd ask your general practitioner for a referral to an occupational therapist where they you know take care of people who have work injuries and that type of stuff and they'll just put the mask on you and test your breathing it's really quick it's very simple there's not a lot to it and make sure it works and then if you're good they can actually also fit you if you bring it some places they'll actually test it i think it's like almost like this big bucket over you and they'll mm-hmm. put a smell in there and they'll put your mask on and if you can smell it through the mask that means you have a leak somewhere and if you don't smell anything, you're like, no, nope, everything seems the same. Then they know there's no leak and that your mask is actually working effectively. It's but they, like those they, hearing tests that you have when you're a kid. You're like, oh, yeah. raise your hand if you hear the beep. Yeah. Beep. They, they put... Um, basically put a poison in there to see if you die from it, you know, anthrax. Let's put anthrax in there and see what happens. No, it's, it's like a scent. And if you yeah. smell lavender or something like, oh, I smell it. Okay, we got to find that leak because your mask isn't fitted correctly. Yeah. But they don't all do that. Some Like her doctor wouldn't do that. He yeah. said, I will only test you this, make sure you're okay for a mask. I'm not going to fit you for a mask. So it's hit and miss. You know, a lot of times when you work in construction or some big time chemical plants, they're going to actually have to, by law, do that. And they actually have doctors all set up for that. Yeah. We're not really in that same camp. So we're not as... No. Uh, we're kind of going a way above and beyond, but it's just yeah. to make sure that we're doing things right. Yeah. Anyhow, I, we really need to wrap this up. I feel like we could have done two episodes on mm-hmm. this and split in half because this is easily going to be our longest episode. But I think there's a lot of information I have because of Christina, a ton of posts to put up now. And at least I have a lot of good content. And hopefully you guys have found this to be riveting and interesting to learn so much great stuff. Uh, 
Yep. Thank you, Christina, <laughs> for the woo woo. Um, we'd love to continue the discussion online via social media. Please follow us on Instagram at Integrity Lash, where you can see what our lash salon is up to. You can also follow our professional account at Integrity Lash Bootcamp. This is also on Instagram. This account is focused on sharing tips, insights from the lash industry and how we run our lash salon. This is where we'll basically post everything you hear about in our podcast. We will post stuff that is relevant or connects to what we're saying here, and you can look for details and such. Some of the stuff, like the PDFs, I'll actually put in the actual show notes, but everything else, you can go to our Instagram at Integrity Lash Bootcamp. Lastly, we'd love to hear from you, and we have set up a Twitter account to do that. Please follow us at Integrity Lash. You can submit your questions and suggestions for future podcasts there, as well as on our Instagram account. I also want to ask you to please recommend our podcast to your friends and colleagues. We're on iTunes now, if not listening there, and on SoundCloud. And give us a review. Let everyone know. Share it with your friends. Post it on Instagram. Post it on Facebook. Please let everyone know about us. We're really trying to get the word out and get people excited and talking more about lashes. So to wrap things up, on behalf of our engineer, Nick Coffey, my lash experts, Christina, Erica, and Tustin, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your day to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you have a friend in the lash industry. 